welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay, hoping you're having a terrific day. I want to begin by asking you something very important. Are you emotionally committed to your goals? Do your goals make you excited? The commitment you have toward your goals play a key part in if you will achieve them. Turn it up at least a couple of notches so we can listen to our friend and mentor, Zig Ziglar. I'll be back in a few minutes. When you begin to focus on what is important, when you ask those tough questions and then answer them, that's when things happen in your life. Can I emotionally commit myself? We are emotional people. We've covered that in an earlier seminar. Can I emotionally commit myself to start and finish this project? And that is an enormously important one. Answer it honestly and sincerely. And can I see myself reaching the Do I have a visual picture of myself getting there is what the question is. Very, very important. When you answer that question, then things begin to happen. And then we need to check for the negativity in it. Now, when I say check for negativity, what do I mean? Well, you see, goals need to be big. They need to be out of reach, but they don't need to be out of sight. Because if they're out of sight, you quickly realize you can't get there, you grow discouraged, and then you abandon the whole idea. Give you a couple of examples. I was conducting a seminar in Detroit one time a number of years ago. The investment that was required for people to get in that franchise operation, it was a sales one, only required $2,500. The young man who asked me the question, I'd had previous information about him, uh, uh, did not have the $2,500. Now he came up to me and he said, man, as after a gold seminar, he said, I'm so excited. You have made me a million dollars. He said, that's my goal for this year. And I said, well, now I hope you will share it with me then. Well, he got a little irritated because he felt I was uh, making fun of the goal. And he said, well, you don't believe I'm going to do it, do you? Well, you see, now I'm faced with a very important ethical question. Do I exercise positive thinking and say, man, you can do it? Or do I really look at the facts and counsel him on maybe changing that objective? Well, here are the facts. He's 25 years old. He's been working seven years. He's been unable to save $2,500 in seven years. Now, folks, that's less than $400 a year. Now, this year, he's going to make a million dollars. First, he's got to raise the $2,500 to buy the franchise. Well, that's totally unrealistic. And I said, well, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's see if we can't break this down uh, and determine whether or not that is a realistic goal. And that's the process we're going through right now. I had another young man whom I will never forget came to me, and he said, man, my goal is I'm going to be the light heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Well, here was a guy, 31 years old. He weighed about 30 pounds too much for his height. I asked him, I said, well, how much experience have you had? He said, well, I've never been in the ring. But he said, my brother-in-law and I were out uh, sparring the other day. And man, he said, you can't believe uh, how easily I handled him. Well, that young man would have gotten killed by even a fair amateur. We had to talk about a different goal, like goal of losing the weight, 
getting in superb physical condition, and then look at an additional goal. They're negative if those goals are too big. They're negative, ladies and gentlemen, if it's out of your field of study and basic interest. Now, I love good dentistry. One of the reasons I do is simply because dentistry has had an important impact on my life. My teeth and my mouth get hurt, and I want to go to a dentist. I really do. Now, if I were to set my goal to be a dentist, that would be ridiculous. You know, I'm not interested in that. My career would be at least 10 years from now getting started. By then, I'd be 76 years old. I'd only have 35 years left to practice. It simply would not be a logical thing. I have no interest in becoming a dentist. Also, your goal can be negative if you believe that luck is going to have to be the determining factor in reaching that goal. Now, as an aside, let me say, a lot of times uh, I've been asked the question, who do you share your goals with? Here is a basic answer to that question. If it is a give-up goal, tell everybody. What's the give-up goal? I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit cussing. I'm going to quit lying. I'm going to quit eating too much. If it's a give-up goal, you will find an enormous amount of support and encouragement. Everybody will say, man, that is great. You can do it. That's what the 12-step programs are all based on. You go to those programs and you hear other people and what they do is say, I did it, you can. I did it, you can. I did it, you can. Here's how. All of it is tied together. You share those give-up goals with everybody. That strengthens your commitment. It strengthens your resolve and the chances of reaching it go up. Now you share your go-up goals very carefully. What's a go-up goal? I'm going to be the starting quarterback. I'm going to write the best-selling novel. I'm going to write the greatest self-help book ever. If you go around telling everybody that, if you're a salesperson, and let's say we got two salespeople down here, uh, this man and this lady, and one of them says to the other, I'm going to be the number one salesman in the company this year. And she says to herself, in a pig's eye you are, I'm going to be the number one salesperson in the company. Well, who should you tell that goal? Both of them should go to the sales manager and say, help me devise a plan so I can be the number one salesperson. The sales manager will encourage you. Ideally, your mate will encourage you. Share your goals with people whom you know are going to give you the encouragement that you need in order to get there. Now, what you do is you work the remaining goals through the process. Now, what I mean when I say you work the remaining goals through the process, let me simply say whether the goal is to raise positive kids, get a better education, buy a new car, become the number one salesperson, lose 37 pounds, get a significant raise, acquire a new home, being a better mate or parent, or building a healthy self-image, you need to work them through the process. Now, what is the process? Number one, you identify that goal and you write it down. For example, my original goal that we talked about earlier was to weigh 165 pounds and have a 34-inch waistline. 
That's what I committed to writing. Now, step number two, I listed my benefits for reaching that goal. More energy. This is what everybody was saying, what all of the books were saying as well. Less illness. For example, the first 16 years after I got on this program, uh, I missed one day of work because of illness. 16 years. That does not include the time my gallbladder ruptured. But that had nothing whatever to do with what I was doing, okay? Uh, I would look and feel better. The redhead says I look better since I lost that weight. Longer lifespan. All the statistics show that. Better endurance, and that certainly proved to be true. More productivity. Better attitude and disposition. More creativity. Absolutely unbelievable. Better example to others. I listed my benefits. This is why I want to lose that weight or get a better job or buy the new house or get a better education or raise positive kids. It doesn't make any difference what it is. You go through the process. Number three, what are the major obstacles and mountains to climb to reach this goal? Well, I have a tremendous love for sweets. I can literally eat sweets three times a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Now, I'm telling you, you don't need to eat that many sweets, okay? Bad weather. You know, it's amazing how we come up with a lot of excuses, uh, bad weather. I can't do that. Well, I'm here to tell you that I have literally jogged when it was 40 degrees below zero. I've jogged when it was 115 out there. I've jogged when it was sleeting and snowing and a pouring down rainstorm. Now, I got to tell you, that's what was happening outside. I mean, surely you don't think I was out there in that kind of weather. Now, come on, do you? But where was I jogging? I was either jogging in my room in place or I was running up and down the corridor or I was in a parking garage running. I would find a place to run. I've literally jogged in Alaska. I've jogged in London, England, right across the street from Buckingham Palace. I've jogged in South Africa on safari. As a matter of fact, I jogged faster there than I've ever jogged in my life. I've jogged in numbers of places. But the point I want to make is when you've made the commitment and you realize what the benefits are, then you're going to look at those things and you look at the problem and you explore what is the solution to it. My schedule is so irregular. Can I jog at the same time every day? No way. But you know, I've noticed something. I've never had anybody say to me, Zig, when on earth can I find time to eat? I mean, this is a problem with me. I am so busy, I never have time to eat. You do what you schedule to do, and you schedule what is important. I had terrible eating habits. I really did, especially late at night, especially fried foods, especially sweets, poor physical condition. You know, when you're in bad shape, you don't have the energy to go out there and get in shape. But I discovered an astonishing thing. When I started jogging, I could finish a seminar absolutely exhausted. I mean, the energy bucket was low. I'd get out there and start doing my job jogging, activate the pituitary gland, it floods the system with its endorphins, nature's painkiller incidentally, and my endurance would be built, and my energy through the dopamine and norepinephrine. Now what's the bottom line? I didn't have time not to jog. And the reason I say that is because for every 30 minutes I ran, it gave me an additional two hours of high voltage productivity. It's a, an investment. It is not spending time. Lack of discipline, boy, that was the tough one for me. But when you discipline yourself to do 
the things you need to do when you need to do them, the days you're going to come when you can do the things you want to do and you can do them when you want to do them. Boy, that was packed with a lot of information. Zeke has a seven-step formula for setting goals. And he shared the first three steps in this podcast. Step number one is to identify your goal. Step number two is to list all the benefits from reaching your goal. And step number three is to list all the obstacles to reaching your goal. Please start with those three steps and come on back to an upcoming podcast. And Zeke will give you the other four steps in his formula. This is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. 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 Inspiring true performance.